Greetings, wayward travelers. Come on in, take a seat, and welcome to Logan Needs to Turn On Music Still, the Acrium <coughs> Expeditions. I'm your dungeon master, Logan Hanley, here to spin you and the adventurer you see before you a yarn through the lands of Ecrium. Before we get started, though, uh, let's do some announcement stuff. First and foremost, want to do if my commands will work there we go oh nope i did too many now um first <laughs> some shout outs first of all brianna flame for the amazing overlays that you see before you um uh, if you're looking to get overlays done or any sort of digital art brianna flame is your go-to person or should be if they aren't already um they are a fellow member of the Initiative Order and just amazing, all-around, super kind-hearted, creative human being uh, who taught me everything I know about taking Instagram pictures. Um, yeah, next, Esoteric. Uh, he is responsible for all of the cartography that you see of the lands of Ecrium. Probably not for a little bit. I'm going to try to do more with it on stream. Uh, but yeah, you'll see all of uh, his work. Uh, from time to time, if you need cartography done for your own world building, check him out. Uh, after th him, we have Dell, who is the one who created the... Is this the right direction? Is it an out? That, that way? That way. The amazing <laughs> I, I art. I really The amazing art that you see between Taryn and myself, uh, and as well as all of the other art for the characters of the Ecrium Expeditions. Uh, so check out Dell for any of your character art or like even side projects or books that you're working on. Uh, they're amazing to work with and just absolutely awesome human being. And then last but not least, Adrian Von Zeigler, who is the composer of all of the music that I have on my streams um, and the spoopy music that is playing currently as we're getting ready for this. Um, after that, we're going to do some sponsors. First and foremost, Dragon Rock RPG, the brilliantly talented Daniel Lieberman and Renee Beauregard uh, bring unique and creative content to the TTRPG community. Uh, whether it's writing their own content or collaborating with other creatives, the two of them maintain their goal of creating very, very extensive um, and um, just wonderful TTRPG uh, content. You can see a lot of it on my streams as well, uh, as I work with Daniel Lieberman on some of the subclasses and now races uh, of Equirium themselves, uh, or, or itself, itself. Uh, next, Umbral Oculus Dice, we have the wonderful Taryn Hackett next to me, who is the maker of these amazing, amazing dice from Beyond the Veil. Um, I have mine here and hopefully it will roll. Ooh, wow, actually, this is the best view of your dice so far on a stream and I can it it looks amazing. I want one of those D2s. The Chris. logo is absolutely don't stop. Chris, will we... Stop. No, we do not speak this name in in this campaign or on this channel. We do not talk about Will Wheaton. Unless Will Wheaton you're watching and want to join us. In that case, come on board. Um, <laughs> Oh, man. And last but not least, the Initiative Order. Amazing. Uh, oh, yeah. Follow the link wherever it's at to go buy some dice from Terran because, like, you need that shit for real. Because um, we all we all need to, to feed the inner dice goblin. Uh, but, yeah, last but not least, the Initiative Order. Amazing, amazing, passionate community members who want to um, 
complete while exploring other TTRPG uh, content and uh, systems bring a very inclusive and diverse um, spin on what we are seeing in the TTRPG community today. They are amazing people. They are constantly working to make sure that the community is inclusive um, and and all that other good stuff. And Taryn also runs Far Realms on there, which is super... Is that this Sunday? Mm-hmm. You're, you're going to talk about it in a minute. But yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, head over to their channel. Uh, I think they have a couple more August uh, one-shots, that uh, community one-shots that are left. But every month they do community one-shots. So if you're looking to get into more games or meet your fellow TTRPG community members, the Initiative Order is 100% the go-to community for that. Um, yeah. Oh, and last but not least, because I forgot to do it for Ronin's, because no one cares. No one wants to toss money. <laughs> no one wants to toss uh, money. Jared Leto? Yeah, Jer- Jared Leto. Jared um, if you like what you see, if you want to support the beautiful and amazing me, and also Taryn, uh, and the other members of the Eprium Expeditions, feel free to donate to our coffee account. Um, we split everything evenly. It's a great way for us to just, you know, make a little bit extra, work on improving some of our own, and I'm pointing at my, myself, cosplays, or just kind of, you know, doing stuff for our own creative projects and, and getting those going. Um, but yeah, I'll be using a lot of it to enhance the stream, enhance a lot of the content that you're going to be seeing with the battle maps, um, and all that good stuff. Yeah. I keep playing with my antenna. Yeah, way, I, I would, I would, I'd constantly be booping it. Yeah. Um, like, they're oh, gosh, they're so good. They're so cool. Uh, but yeah, Taryn, go go ahead and do your do your shtick. Say your uh, things. Say words. Do the stuff. Saying some words. No, uh, Taryn Hackett, also known as Val Rook across the socials, uh, creative human dice maker under the moniker of umbral oculus dice you can check me out uh, at ko-fi.com forward slash uo underscore dice uh, i have druid themed dice in my shop right now currently available um, you can also follow me uh, on the instagram at uo underscore dice as well i'm also a gm over on the initiative order uh, for far realms which is a cult divinity lost homebrew uh, that i am currently running to scare the pants off of one ronin fox and a mr casual Kimball, uh, as well as one of my buddies from Hope. Uh, it's great, and we have an episode this Sunday at 6 Pacific. Um, I'm also every Monday on Vault uh, as a redneck with a gun in our Fallout-themed TTRPG, because, yes. Yeah, because when you're not a moth person, why not be a redneck? Like, that's legit, like, polar yeah. opposites. Yeah. Why um, not? But yeah. She doesn't have issues either. It's yeah. fine. And if you want to see what the different domains of dread of Ravenloft would look like with a little bit of a different like non-D&D spin on them Far Realms is definitely what you should watch Um, oh my gosh I can't wait like whenever I watch Far Realms like the well I guess whenever it's been one time but when I've watched Far Realms (laughs) you're only on the first episode the first episode of Far Realms that I watched I was sitting there and I was working on stuff for Ronan's one shot and then right afterward, I was like, I stopped halfway through and started working on stuff for yours because I was just like, I have to. Um, yeah, Far Realms is really good inspiration for like the, the dark and spoopy D&D realm. But yeah. All right. Whew, fuck. Um, yeah. Yep. Yeah, fuck. I don't have my normal scotch with me, but yes. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and apologize ahead of time uh, because my accent for this character is still developing. Um and it'll shift, probably. 
don't worry. I tend to try. I tend to try to emulate people, and that that'll that'll be great. It'll be musical accents the entire night. Uh, yeah, it'll be fun. Okay, um, I'm gonna roll all of your black light die really quick. You get a few of them, and I'm gonna put them to the That's side good. for you. I'm to probably use. gonna need them because my dice will uh, betray their master, uh, cool. as is uh, normal for me. All of your sets are your own sets, correct? Like, you've hand-poured all of the sets that you have sitting in front of you? Yes, all of the sets I have in front of me. One of them is actually one of the first sets uh, for my practice pours, and so we'll see how badly that one fails me. Because right. it's my baby. Probably feels like it was abandoned now. <laughs> well, <laughs> at least yours hasn't been sitting in a dice jail for the past week and a half. Uh, That's why it keeps doing that to you, because it's my dice and they have attitude problems. Oh, that makes sense. <laughs> I'm sorry, little one. Uh, <laughs> that's not going to help. It's just going to yell at me more. Uh, I've had <laughs> enough experiences with Terran to know that's how that goes. <sighs> All right. Ready to die. Yeah. Episode one. Here we go. Days. Weeks. Months. Years. Decades. The lives of mortals so fickle and weak. Seeking to become great or dying trying. Time changes all things in this world, these lands of Ecrium. But we persist. Time has chosen to keep us in this place. Powers the strongest of the mortals who would dare to test us can even begin to contemplate. Here, only one truly remembers. Here, only one breathes change, exerting their will upon the world around them. Here, only one yearns to escape from a place of oak and ash and thorn. A young child sits on their bed on the outskirts of the city of Waifgun getting ready for bed, pulling up the blanket. Their mother sits down at the foot of their bed and softly begins to speak an old nursery rhyme. Do not tell with Glen this plight. The elves would call it a sin. Three have been out in the woods all night, conjuring autumn lord in. The three bring news to elf lords so fair, bring news of a child to be torn. A pact long made to form the pair between elf and fay and thorn between elf and fay of the thorn. Eden, you awake to the bright sunlight of the grove. Surrounded by trees and a small glen of flowers, the scent hitting your nose, fragrant, and just filling the air with brightness. Please, describe yourself to us. So, uh, Eden is about 
five foot six, she might say she's taller, because all of my characters do. Uh, she has somewhat of a rosy complexion, um, and her fingers are a bit elongated. Uh, she has dusty pink hair. Uh, she has elven ears, except there is a notch out at the ends. Um, and she has fuzzy moth antenna that also grow from her, her head, as well as two um, slightly rose-covered thorny vines growing out of the back of her head, uh, kind of up and out like a crown. Um, but yeah. And then we have our, our moth-like cloak is like my favorite thing in the world. Thank you, Del. <laughs> As you sit up and begin to kind of stretch from your evening's rest, you take a look around the forest that is in your immediate area. Make a perception check for me. I'm gonna I'm gonna make you make the make the first dice roll with your own dice. I want to see. Okay. <laughs> so I don't I, I do have a proficiency bonus technically and I am proficient in perception which gives me a 17 a 17 as you sit up most of the glen around you is very barren there, there I mean there's leaves on the trees and stuff but there isn't much to see but at the far end um, up against one of the tree trunks, wings slowly fluttering open and closed, you see a small moth. She will walk up and just extend her finger out towards it, like kind of to let it rest on her finger. As you extend your finger, the wings begin to open. And instead of like coming up onto your finger and moving across the palm of your hand. Instead, it flies up, and it goes to land on your nose. Well, hi. <laughs> As you poke it, it again flutters and, like, moves around and lands on your nose again. That's a little invasive. Poke. Make a animal handling check for me. That's okay. That's a 10. That's a 10. That, that'll be enough for a little, little mothy friend. Um, the moth moves down the tip of your finger and onto the flat of your hand. How are you this morning? Wings open up once and then again. Me too. Um... That's you. <laughs> Just boop it. Um, She's you... like kind of petting it a little. She's not really sure what to do here. She's just the, the kind wings... of childlike curiosity is like, yeah. The wings open up again and close. And then the moth begins to take off and head into the forest. She follows. <laughs> Very quickly she follows without a second thought. Right. Wake up! As you run to catch up to this moth that's going a little bit faster than what like you'd normally imagine a moth to go, the quickly the leaves of the trees and the flowers that are on the ground uh, surrounding them 
change from these bright pinks and reds and yellows and the green, you know, the color of the trees being the nice autumns, oranges and greens and or oranges and reds and auburns to very muted green and black. Uh, some of them, this kind of brackish gray color. You see on the on the be, between the uh, limbs of the different trees, spider webs beginning to form, but a clear path cut through the woods, the moth continuing through. She will continue to follow, not just like headlong anymore. She's like being very attentive and watching where she's stepping because she has definitely stepped on thorns before. And that's one thing you do notice, that as you're beginning to make your way deeper and deeper into these woods, there are more wrapping around the trees, the trunks of the trees, these giant vines, almost like thorn or, or uh, rose, like rose bushes, uh, just continuously wrapping up the sides of the trees, very invasive, very like life-stealing thorns that are as big as some of your fingers are, uh, are protruding from them, sharp as daggers. You continue through watching your feet, your bare feet, the fourth, third, third member, second member, no, second member, second this member. This point, yeah, second. Yeah, but second four. member to be barefoot. Um, barefoot bandits. Barefoot bandits. Uh, TM, no. Uh, but you continue to push your way through as you do, the moth getting farther and farther ahead, surprisingly, but not for long. Soon. The moth begins to disappear as at the edge of this grove of trees that you're making your way through, light begins to push through. That light begins to swallow and eat the form of the moth until it can no longer be seen. And at that point, you're pushing through the glen, or you're pushing through the trees and come into yet another set of open fields. The flowers here are lush and lively like the glen that you had woken up in. A small well sits in front of a cottage that uh, is made of, or with thatch roof and wooden siding. Small fire coming out of the fireplace, or a small trail of smoke coming out of the fireplace on the chimney. You're home. She will, she will kind of just stop and like head tilt, take notice of it. And realizing she's lost her little moth friend, uh, will kind of gleefully <laughs> skip up to this house because nothing bad ever happens. <laughs> nothing bad ever happens. And as you skip towards this house, happy and gleeful, the front door slams open with a thud. And standing in the doorway, you see an oh-so-familiar face, young, not quite as young as yours, but maybe only a few years older. Black hair that extends down past the shoulders. A crown of roses and, or well, golden roses and different colors of these same kind of muted green leaves strewn about the hair. You see your friend and mentor, Belladonna. Hi, Bella. Hello, child. Where where were you last night? Um, I was playing, and then I decided. Apparently, I think I fell asleep out in the. I got woke up by a moth. And then I ran through the forest part, and then I'm here. Who, who, where, where are you? 
who are you playing with? Were you just by yourself in the woods? There was a there was a little moth that I don't well, really remember. I come come in, come in, child. Get time for breakfast and for our morning lessons. Mm. And she pulls you in. Uh, and as you do, she kind of does the very protective, like, sweeps you in, begins to kind of close the door and look out, uh, close the door, and sits you down, gets a nice kind of bowl of porridge in front of you, uh, and then turns back to the cauldron that's sitting in the fireplace and snaps her fingers, and it begins to bubble and kind of spill over the side, but it's not like it's the bubbles aren't spilling over, but this small little mist begins to trail out. What is... What is that? Oh, um... This is uh, one of my favorite morning recipes. Uh, it will... is normally meant to, to keep uh, Hemlock's temper at bay until at least noon. Uh, and she takes That a... works? She has not bad temper always? No, it never works. I, I continue to add every something different every day. Actually, will you go pick something out from the cupboard for me? And she sure. points she points to the cupboard across the room. Walks up and just reaches up and just open and is just already taking stuff out, doesn't Okay. Um roll a D twenty, just a random D twenty for me. Nothing added. Fuck you, dice. Uh, that <laughs> one isn't dice, Jill. That's an eight. <laughs> an eight. Three more to go. So one of the things you pull out is a small vial, maybe about... I'm going to empty this out so that way nobody has to see what's in it. But it's a small vial, maybe about that big. Um, don't ask why I have a small vial just sitting on my desk. Um, but it contains a portion of what looks like some sort of tail floating in a uh, like a pink colored liquid. Tap, tap. Um, is this what is? Oh, um, that is the uh, eye stalk of a basilisk. Yes, that's good. Give, give it here. It's an eye stalk of a basilisk. And she takes it and very quickly like takes it dips her finger in and gets a little bit of the liquid and like that'll do and dumps it in and it's like poofs and it gets this little bit of like the the smoke that was kind of greenish in hue gets a little bit of a pink color to it uh as the tail is added and she begins to spin it or to um stir it before taking a ladle scooping it up and filling a mug and very quickly exits the kind of kitchen area of this cottage into the back room that you would know it houses all of the beds for you and your mentors. Uh, you hear yelling, it's not time to wake up yet. No, I'm staying in bed. Get oh, thank you, dear. And Belladonna comes out just giggling and laughing to herself. Better you than me. Oh, yes, always. I know how to deal with her a little bit better than most. Uh, I don't think she likes me very much. Between you and me, she doesn't like most people. But uh, I would agree. You you especially uh, more so than, than the rest of us. You are a special one, after all. 
and she kind of takes her finger and boops you in the nose. And she boops back. <laughs> so, what mischief do you want to learn today? Um, oh, there's a lot. Um, well, um, you taught me to do some of the herb stuff, but mm. you do a lot of stuff with the cauldron, and it seems really cool. Oh, yes, um, of course. Uh, what, how, uh, yes, and, and she, she finds a way uh, to move the table even closer to the cauldron than it already is. Um, What specifically is your calling toward the cauldron? What do you... What what, what pulls you to it? I want to create. I want to make things. Like, pretty things. (laughs) Pretty things. Pretty things, well, Hemlock won't like that. Well, everything that she makes or this out there is so just dead. Yes, Uh, and and like not really, like you could tell there's a little bit of perplexity on her face when she's, yes, um, Hemlock has her way with taking life. Uh, she doesn't uh, particularly enjoy creating things that she can't sap. Uh, so I guess that would be my next question. Is your intent when creating life or creating something pretty to keep it pretty or to take that prettiness away? I think I want to protect it, right? And make it grow bigger and more um that sometimes when the things hurt me like that spider though I like it when they die quickly Hmm. so okay well and she begins to stir the pot and as she does she pulls a, one of her roses off. When we deal with what we do, there is always a give and a take. Remember this child. And she, as she pulls off one of the, uh, of the roses, she kind of winces as if like her hair was being pulled with it. And she takes it and she drops it in, and the cauldron begins to bubble and turn to this golden color. And as it does, she reaches her hand in and she pulls out a full golden flower, like a golden rose, with stem and thorns and all. That's really nice. What? does it do this and she extends it toward you takes it if you smell it you can breathe some of the life that I've put into it sniff and as you do the petals begin to open up and 
a little poof of like not spores but like um, pollen comes out of it the color is similar to the color of the rest of belladonna's hair and as you breathe it in you kind of get this invigorating like just kind of feel tingle throughout your body um, and you get two temporary hit points that's so that's really cool um could i do that <laughs> in time my dear in time it, it takes a certain amount of power uh, and favor in favor? order did I say favor? I meant flavor. Um, flavor, yes. Uh, it takes a certain amount of flavor. We all have our different ways of dealing and putting things, uh, or dealing with the cauldron. Uh, in time, you will be introduced to your own. This one is mine. Hem- Hemlock and uh, Wisteria have their own. Oh. And soon Does mine have to be big and ugly? Uh, your cauldron is a part of you it become you you it just doesn't manifest right like i did like it just didn't it the fates bring it to you at the most opportune of moments i didn't mean yours was ugly it's just bigger than i could carry oh it it is fine i i do not prefer to bring my work with me where i travel so if you wish to, then hopefully the fates will bring you one that allows you to take it with you. Um, speaking of travel, mm-hmm. can we travel like you said we could someday? Of, of course. I mean, you know that you have the run of the mill when it comes to the garden and the orchard in the back and the forest and the more backyard. What about, like, outside of... I know you said it's not safe, but I'm not so weak, you know? I, I could... I can, I can curse things sometimes. Yes, it's one of your more potent gifts that you have. That the, yes, that those yes. Um, and as she, um, Belladonna is sitting there trying to think of what words to say, you hear from the back, kind of clattering out. My dear, if you wish to travel, all you will find is the ilk of man. And out steps Hemlock, a black, completely black-clad um, female, elven, almost elven-like features, blonde, long blonde hair extending way past her belly button. Uh, the black coming up into like little floofs of um, like fur and feathers, a crown of wood and root inlaid with golden moss upon her head. Why do you wish to see man so badly? It's not the man I want. I just wanted to know what it looked like. Because everything starts to look the same after a while. Are, are, is man, are they 
Are they really that bad? Mankind has been the bane of our existence, the bane of the world since the dawn of creation. Nothing good has come from what they do to our world. Can we teach them to not? <laughs> you, you hear this, Belladonna. She thinks we can teach man to not follow their own hearts, not follow fate. And Belladonna kind of shrinks there ever so slightly. Eden, if you wish to understand man, if you wish to see men, travel out that door. Travel for about a day or two, and you will see what lies in the heart of most men, of all men. Go on. I feel like this is a test. Belladonna comes up and kind of like scoops your hands in hers. Maybe your not-so-ugly cauldron will be waiting for you. Okay. Um. Um. Okay. You're not gonna be mad that I'm gone? Why would I be mad? If because last time you turned me into a sheep. <laughs> well, when you venture into parts of the woods that you are not allowed to, that will happen. This time, however, you are going with the intent of experiencing what mankind is really like. And if you come back, that will be your test. But... Can I... But... What if they're, like... Are they scary? You want to travel? Go and find out yourself. Okay. And I will quickly run to the room <laughs> and grab my backpack. <laughs> you run out. You grab your backpack, um, which contains a small... Um, few of your belongings. As you do, um, you see the trunk, of, like the corner of the room is like the, a trunk of a willow tree. The couple of the limbs extending over into the rafters of the home, of the cottage. As you do, the, the center of the tree opens and inside you see the fully elven-featured sister, Wisteria. From maybe about the chest up, staring back at you, her, her white hair flowing to right up over her shoulders, her eyes, these pale greens, uh, brambles and uh, leaves stuck in her hair. Hi, I'm gonna go travel now. Um, grab me bag. Himalot told me to. Do you think it's trap? She just smirks and nods as I need more sleep. And the the, the uh, bark of the willow begins to close. She actually spoke this morning. Um, 
then I quickly run to the other room. Okay, um, where do I sleep? If it's, do I keep walking? Belladonna looks at you. Dear, you slept in the woods last night and were woken up by a moth. Oh, yeah. Okay. And um, as, as she says the word moth, you can see Belladonna, or not Belladonna, Hemlock, visually, like, grimace. Like, do, like literally, like, like, get the eye twitch. And it's just like, get out and go okay. experience your travels. Okay. I'll be back. Hopefully. And she dips out just, like, really quickly. Um, as you do, and the door slams behind you, followed by a very, very abrupt you told her about the cauldrons, and that's the, literally the last thing you hear as you continue on your way, running away from the rage of Hemlock. Yes. Welcome to level two, or tier two. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, not so bad, right? You haven't died yet. Well, um, yeah. Oh my gosh, did we ever figure out what we talked, did we talk about what your what your job was? Yeah, uh, we did. Yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah, okay, cool. Yeah. I forgot if we actually ever did. Um, but yeah, so you get your skills that you're proficient in, you get your weapons that you're proficient in, and you get um, your cantrips that you know as a your chosen class, which is... Shillelagh and Druidcraft. Shillelagh and Druidcraft, because you are a little druid. Um, and yes. So, how did that happen? I can't tell if that looks... Yeah, okay. I can... Uh, the overlay looked a little weird, but it may also be because I shrunk it. So, with your newfound spells, you begin to travel to... I don't know, wherever, wherever, you're, wherever you're going at this point. She's just running in a direction. Yeah. She said to go that way, roll a, and that's what we're doing. Roll a D8. <laughs> Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> it's going to determine which direction you go. I rolled an eight. Thank you, Umbraloculus Dice, for not betraying money. Okay, you go northwest, because that's the last one before we get back to north. Um, so you begin traveling northwest, following the sun to an extent. You're keeping the sun on like on your sh one shoulder. I'm not going to say which, because I don't know which way if you're running the sun would be. We're not getting into it, because even though Logan teaches geography, <laughs> he's not very good with directions. Um, but you begin running, 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 running. Um, eventually, you get to about midday. Your feet are tired and worn. Go ahead and give me a perception check. I'm not using you. You've betrayed me already. We're trying this one. <laughs> That's better. Your mommy's new favorite. That's 15. 15. Plus, oh, wait. Plus, yeah, I still only get like a plus one. So it's a 16. <laughs> a 16. Okay, on the edge of your vision on top of a hill, you see a small um, clump of trees. Shade. Nice place to rest. These are vibrant, the same vibrant colors you would have woken in, the color of autumn finally setting in the oranges and yellows and reds and auburns of autumn. She will kind of walk on over and sit down. This is probably a trap. 
I feel like she did this on purpose. At least Bella will probably save, maybe. I don't know. We'll have to see, but, um, hmm. Oh, I didn't bring, um, uh, she wants to attempt to use Druidcraft to make a club that she did not grab from. Go ahead and roll a d20 and add, since a, the club is a little bit bigger than what you can make with Druidcraft, roll a d20 mm -hmm. and add your um, spellcasting modifier to it. To your wisdom. I'd say you could add proficiency. Okay, cool. It's, it's uh, whatever your whatever your spell attack would be. That's an eighteen. An eighteen. You take mm -hmm. what specifically like so in order to a lot of what you've learned growing up is that like you have to take something to make something. So what are you like what are you using to craft this club? Like looking around, what would you like to take to craft this club? Um, she's going to jump up and grab, like, an old branch since it's autumn. <laughs> she's just going to put all of, like, she's not super heavy, but she's going to jump up and then just go dead weight and, like, hunker into a little ball and hold on to the little branch until it falls off and she hits the ground. Okay. Go ahead and give me a, um, go ahead and give me a strength check or athletics check for me, please. Strongest person in the party. Strong you know. as... Yeah, actually, you. I think you are. You are... Yeah, <laughs> I think you are. You and Art, the two strongest motherfuckers in this damn campaign. Uh, with that, that's a 15. A 15. Okay, it takes you about, like, a minute, a solid minute of just, like, you jump, you dead weight. You jump, you dead weight. And then finally you break off this branch. And it breaks in... Uh, as you fall, it breaks at the, the seam where, like, you were bending it, but then as you fall, it hits your shoulder and it also snaps in two. So you have, like, a little end with the, um, like, the kind of more pointed tip from, uh, like, the very, very end of the branch, and then you have, like, a little bit more meteor chunk that's connected to, like, where the heart of the branch would have connected to closer to the trunk. She will take the shorter end and, like, kind of break it in a couple places and lay it on one end. Um, and she's kind of she's trying to make like a shillelagh, like if mm -hmm. you've seen like the the witchy looking. Uh, I'm, I'm Irish. Don't talk to me about shillelaghs. Yeah, I'm just making. That, well, that's for the script for I'm, people in I know, audience. I know. I know. Thank you. Sorry. Uh, and then Ronan in me. stupid Ronan. <laughs> um, and she will uh, kind of place her hands there, um, and she's attempting to like call forth vines to kind of weave it all together. Mm -hmm. Just a little bit and put a rose on it. So as you do, um, the vines begin to curl up. Not uh, at first wrapping around where the handle would be. The vines not containing any thorns. But then when it gets to like the meat of what this club actually would be, it's like the equivalent of like a baseball bat with nails sticking out of it. And then at the top, the very, very top, where, like, normally there would be, like, that sunken in part of the baseball bat, it's a rose. Or whatever flower you want. I don't know if you want a yeah, rose. Yeah, no, it's, but... it's definitely a rose, okay. yeah. Okay, well, there we go. Um, What time of day is it? Just midday? It's, it's about midday, and as you're doing this... Um, you notice that deeper within the, this small grove, it's not very big, it's maybe only a couple dozen trees, but deeper within, you can hear 
the sound of water splashing onto what sounds like stone. That's weird. I didn't know we were... I've not heard that before. Um, you haven't heard it before, and you haven't seen this grove before. Without thinking, because everything is safe, uh, she's going to take her new little whack tool, and she's going to walk in that direction. Okay. As you do, you see before you um, ruins. A small fountain in the center, columns going up to the side. Some of them toppled over and scattered in rubble. Uh, ornately carved with what would only be the equivalent of like Greek Roman-esque like Greek and Roman-esque architecture styles uh, which are two different things but for the sake of this everybody it's one thing let's just come on <laughs> um, I, I'm waiting for Daniel to say something because uh, he would be the one uh, but you go in and you see this fountain coming out with a statue of a swan and where the swan's mouth is water is coming out of it and it's splashing down into a pool that's maybe the size of like one of those really little kiddie pools uh, and then the water's overflowing and splashing onto the um, what's left of the, the stonework around it which is now starting to become heavily heavily eroded I will creep my way up does the water look gross? Is it fresh? There's stuff growing in it. <laughs> the water looks surprisingly clear. You can see the bottom. On the top, you can see um, lily pads with their flowers in bloom. There's maybe about four of them there. I touch the water surface to see, like a couple of times to see if anything comes to the top. <laughs> She's just kind of playing with it. She's afraid of deep water. You touch it, and it ripples. It's hard for it to, like, really ripple, but, like, it kind of ripples back toward the back end where the swan is. Um, nothing seems to come to the surface. It doesn't seem more than maybe, like, a elbow length deep. Man, I dipped my feet in. <laughs> I'm sure she, like, looks around to make sure nobody's watching. You and go ahead and make give me a perception check as you dip your foot. Dear God. Listen, you were the one who said you looked around. <laughs> That's an eighteen. An eighteen. You don't see anybody around you currently. And then I kind of sit there and I'm kind of kicking my little feet in the water. Okay. You're sitting on the edge, kicking your feet in the water. There's a little patch of sun that comes in and kind of hits you in this fountain area um, you kind of sit there for maybe 10 15 minutes nothing, you're not really getting a vibe, it's nice and cool like it's uh, it's nice and cool and there, there doesn't seem to be anything super strange about where you're at like this is probably one of the most normal, normal relatively places that you've ever been I put my hand in the water and I make another lily pad. This one, for some reason, sprouts a rose instead. Then I'm like, well, it should probably keep walking or... And then I'm like, I walk to the middle because I keep staring at this swan. Um, and I'm kind of just 
messing around with it to see like what's the deal and why the water is working. Okay. Um. Give me. Give me an Arcana check. Oh, okay. Uh, that one's fun because. Okay. Uh, that one is. An eighteen. An eighteen. I like this dice. I don't know which one that is, but I hate it. Uh, so can I do look at this for <laughs> You touch, like boop it on the nose, like on the the bill, uh, and nothing seems to happen. And you turn around and begin to kind of like do your little waddle out of the out of the pool. You step out grab your things and you turn around to give it one last look and the head like i'm gonna do what the head kind of looked like like the head is kind of like like this like with the the water coming out just kind of down and when you turn and look the head is kind of bowed with the water still coming out towards you has any of the water changed or is it just the the stonework of the pool has began to shrink slightly. All of the lilies and your new lily pad that you put in there with the rose are still in there. Uh, but the the yeah, the fountain pool has shrunk. The water that's coming over the edge is a little bit more intense than what it was. She will walk back and see if she can tilt it back up. As you reach and begin to push and push, nothing. She tries to pull it further down. <laughs> you try to pull it, pull it further down. Nothing. Dead weight. Dead weight. Make a strength check <laughs> or athletics check for me, please. Okay, that's a five. A five. You sit there <laughs> and are like legit, like swinging off this thing, and then at one point you lose your grip and splash down into the water, which, like, for you is like like me trying to cannonball into, like, one of those little kiddie pools. It just, just doesn't work. Uh, it's really small. And, like, you get there for a second, stand back up. She's, like, reaming out her antenna and, like, yeah. Okay. Um. Hmm. Is there anything, like, on the stonework? Like, any kind of rune work or anything? Good question. Uh, the, what languages do you know? Okay. That's a list. Hold on. <laughs> oh, great. No, I'm kidding. Uh, common, druidic, elvish, sylvan, and primordial. Whew, wait, hang on. Slow down? <laughs> <laughs> I heard elv- I heard elvish and sylvan and primordial. Druidic. Druidic and common. And common. Okay. All of the most useful languages. All of the most useful languages in Sylvan. Um, starting on the left end and moving around to the right end, you read the word. And I gotta look at my notes. Where are my notes? Where are my notes? Almave. Spelled A L M E I V. Almave. Mm-hmm. Um, 
she like runs her finger over them. That's a weird word. Almeep? Um. Does she know what it means? You would know that Almeep means. It has a lot of meanings in Sylvan, uh, but the two that are at the top of your head are Maid and uh, Bloom. Um, is there anything else in the room area just this just this um, um, okay um and I'm going to mess with the swan again because that's the only thing she knew to do in the first place because she's a little... You begin messing with the swan even more and over time become frustrated. Sun beginning to set. You thinking probably best to get on your way. And you begin oh. kind of sad to turn and... Oh? Go ahead. Uh, um, and she is going to like druid craft some vines and a rose like by the doorway, kind of. Okay. So that she's she's like flagging it. Okay. <laughs> she's like. Yeah, you can do that. Back. Yeah, you it the the thorns and spiral up blooming roses as they do, and as you begin to turn away, heading continuing to head that northwestern direction, as the sun is setting. To your one side, you hear, it is my name. It is who I am. Seek me here when you are done with the humans. There's much you should know. Hemlock, are you playing jokes on me again? I don't like that game. Okay. <laughs> and you continue to walk. Yes. You walk through the, the night until you see on the edge of your vision lights. Dozens and dozens of lights on the edge. Very horizon. You walk for about another half hour and you can see that this is in fact a small village still alive in the twinkling hours of the night. I will creep up on it. Um, yeah, she's just going to creep up on it quietly because she really has no idea what to expect and kind of thinks men have, like, nasty teeth and claws right now. So <laughs> she's like... Go ahead and give me a stealth check, please. Mm-hmm. Uh... A natural 20, and I'm proficient. So that's a 21. You're not allowed to use your dice anymore. Like, I'm done. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> you... I love mommy. Pull up your little cloak around you as best as you can and begin to head in, using the shadows as 
Belladonna has taught you to your advantage on many of the heists that you've played against your sisters. You dart from alleyway to alleyway, using the light to see in front of you, but to hide you within the shadows. As you are getting ready to come around the alleyway and out kind of into what seems to be the main square, you stop and you pull back really quick as two individuals walk past the alleyway, look over and into it to see where you are. You're huddled under behind a barrel. They don't seem to notice you. They continue on. You can retroactively do something if you like. Well, no, as they were walking away, she's going to kind of see where they're, peek around and see where they're going. You watch as they head into a building about two houses down, or two buildings down, uh, with a sign in front of it that says, The Green Dragon. Oh, that's, those are the things, okay, I know that, why would they go in with the dragon, though? Uh, they should probably not, and so Eden will slowly start walking that direction, because now she's concerned that they're going to where a green dragon is. Um, <laughs> so she will walk and see glass, I'm sure. Yeah, so you see glass with light of the like light of the different fires and candles coming from the inside there are a couple of lanterns hanging on either side of the main double set of double doors that would head into this building but you look through the glass go ahead and give me a perception check the glass while it is like glass is still fairly kind of opaque and has like dirt and grime on it this one's going to jail cool i like that one use that one that's a that's a nine <laughs> that's a nine remember you got two d4s you can use as a guidance type of role yes and a d20 no. i'm gonna save it i'm saving it saving it saving it all right cool as you look in the only really things of note you can see is you can see people or, or beings with big scruffy beards some of them with like Ronin-sized beards, some of them with like Eric Bra-sized beards, some of them with my-sized beards, some of them with no beards, and some varying hair uh, hair colors and styles and different trappings and clothes. Like, there's a very, very diverse group of people within these uh, within this hall. The one thing that you also notice is that men don't look like facially like you or belladonna or hemlock or wisteria you like you guys all have like you're used to seeing feminine features they all have like very very masculine features there are however handful of women moving about the uh or this place as well i almost give it um and none of them have pointy ears do any of them have antenna None of them have antenna, none of them have crowns, none of them have thorns or vines or flowers or tree branches. They, they look very um, rustic, but in the terms of, like, backcountry kind of rustic. Yes. Um. Hmm. Um. Uh, she is going... <laughs> who use disguise self. Okay. Um, 
she's just trying. So she wants to look more like them. So she wants to hide the antenna and the pointy ears. So, so you want a nine perception disguise self yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Eden doesn't know that yep. she did that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Awesome. So she will have dark girl. hair. She has brown hair like some of the people. And like... There's just like this wad of fur. It's not beard. It's yep. just hair. So it's fur, uh, right here, because uh, she thinks that's what that is. Um, and she just wants to make her shoulders look really broad. Um, but everything else, like her ear, uh, ears and antenna and all that, are gone. Uh, dark hair, fur beard, and just burly shoulders. But everything else, like her face, doesn't change. Yeah, so <laughs> it's, it's it's like a little kid's face with like you take some I know what you're talking about like when you take um like um cotton balls and like color them and then like you're just like <laughs> patching them on your face yeah so you do this spell upon yourself you alter yourself to your perception oh and the clothes to the your, clothes, will your also, clothes change yeah. so they're a little baggy surprisingly yeah. um there's a little room but you feel very much like your perception of man and Confident, sharp teeth, sharp, sharp teeth, sharp teeth, sharp teeth, uh, bold, emblazoned, and ready to to go into this place. You push open both the doors to the the green dragon, and you step into the tavern. Oh, it smells in here. It smells like a mix of sweat, vomit and piss, for lack of better words. Oh, this is... Oh, God, okay. Two of two of these big, brawny guys, uh, one of them with a shorter trim beard and hair that goes, like, right... Um, like, right down to, like, the bottom of his, of his like, jawline and chin uh, is arm-wrestling this guy that looks exactly like Ronan Fox, because, like, let's be honest, there needs to be a Ronan Fox in this in this. Of course. Show. Um bald with a... Actually, no, it's Jared Leto. No, I'm kidding. Uh, no, bald with a beard, uh, super rippled with muscles, uh, and he slams that other guy's fist on the ground, or, like, slams it over and just lets out a roar. Um, who's next? Who wants some? Ah. <laughs> and the whole... Simultaneously, the whole bar or the whole tavern the whole, whole of the green dragon which you now notice doesn't have a single green dragon uh turns yeah, she's very confused and looks at you and you have like the one guy in the corner like eating a carrot just like that yeah what do we do what game are we playing what i'm sorry i'm we're, come come on and sit down uh we're playing um it's not really a game, it's a test of strength and might and brawn. Oh. Mm-hmm. Oh. I'm the strongest. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I'm so fucking thrown off right Logan is so thrown off. <laughs> I'm dying. I hope you're ready um, for this level of chaos. Yeah. Um, and, and the guy looks at you. There's no way that somebody who can't even fit into their own clothes is stronger than me. We'll have to say about that. 
Is that is that rude? I'm not trying to be rude. <laughs> what? 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 I. I, I don't, like he's like looking around. Um, everybody's super, just like. She you know, puts her arm out on the table. All right, let's do a game. All right, and he. And as he does, he takes his one, uh, or he goes to take off his cloak, and he takes off his cloak, and he's not wearing a shirt with sleeves. Um, and his biceps are like if you took your head and put it on somebody's arm. And he coils his grip around yours, simultaneously grabs a mug of ale at the side and begins to chug it. Go ahead and make a athletics check for me please i would like to use your d20 okay Let's... even though what i rolled would be really funny wait hang on I is just... that is that no what, what did you roll what did you roll what did you roll i rolled a one. Oh, okay i rolled an 18 oh that's so much better <laughs> that's a lot better so what would that be a total of uh, if I use the 18, that's an 18. If you use the 18, that's an 18. As he's chugging the beer, or the ale with one hand, he burps a little, continues chugging, and, like, you can feel his wrist and his arm go a little slack, and you use that to your advantage, and you get his arm to about halfway before he catches himself, and he stops and he goes, Ah, oh, not so fast. And he kind of chuckles, and he's like, You're not getting away that easy. And he starts to pull back. Go ahead and make another athletics check for me. Yeah, this is over. That's stupid. Are you fucking kidding me? God, fuck you. What'd you get? Fuck you, Umbral Oculus. What'd you get? Fuck you, Umbral Oculus. What did you get? I'm going to pick it up and show you. Did you you get a one? Because I did two. I got a natural one. So did I. Okay, so he would end up winning because obviously with muscles like this, he has. He has. I hate that. No, no, but it's a one. We should roll off. Again. Okay, fine. We're gonna roll. <laughs> roll off. I. You're lucky. I approve of this level of chaos. False. I'm gonna use your die because it fucked me over. I don't. Wait. Why am I? God damn it. I really want Eden to come out and win this. I'm just gonna throw this out there. Okay. What'd you get? <laughs> uh, oh God, I'm crying. <laughs> Why did you get? Did you just get a natural twenty, or did you get two natural? No, I'm ones? just laughing so hard at the stupid shit that I'm doing right now. Okay. Okay. Um, what did you get? <laughs> I I got an eleven. I got a twelve. You're fucking kidding me. But I have no modifiers. Yeah, but that was eleven with modifiers. So, as you. Tell me something. Somebody, like, bumps into him. As he he begins to pull back and, like, he's about to get to the halfway mark, um, how do you you want to do this? Um, She pretends to sneeze, kicks him in the shin, and throws his hand down. All right. And as you kick his shin, the ale comes up and spills over his shirt. And he, like, like, a little gets in his mouth as he's, like, trying to grunt, and he coughs and, like, spits some of it out. And then the hand falls on the ground, and the, the everybody watching just goes... Dead silent. A one. And then some guy is like, like nudges another guy, and they all just start. <laughs> and the whole place is hooping and hollering. This guy just grimaces. How did you get away 
with those with that dirty trick. How did what you trick? beat me? There's no way you could have beaten me. I did not trick as I'm clapping because everybody else is clapping. And like one of the guys like watching <laughs> Glenn, it was a fair it was a fair bout. Like you just got the newbie is is stronger than you. You just got to deal with it. And the guy who was eating the carrot was like, and the buddy, yeah, like 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 uh, Phil said, uh, yeah, you, you, this dude's just like a little Phil bit stronger said. than you. Yeah, like, like I'm very strong. All I'm right, well, you strong. know what? And and he he's like, uh, the the guy you're, you you arm wrestled kind of looks and rumbles and picks up his ale and just begins to kind of walk to the other corner of the room and sulk. But uh, Phil grabs you on the shoulder and, like, spins you around in the chair and, like, is just like... I don't speak that one. Yeah, Phil's saying that, like, because you won, you should get around a drink. Come on, come on and, and sit down. And, and uh, okay. the, the gentleman that's ta- the gentleman that's doing the talking, not the grumbling... Um, mm-hmm. He is a very like smooth-faced uh, human. Hair goes down, um, not so much in the front, but in the back goes down like right to the top, like the back of his neck or the bottom of his neck. Um, very lithe and slender, uh, wearing a simple like leather vest with um, like a small kind of cloak behind it, drifting behind it, uh, made of this of like satiny material. And he sits down, mm-hmm. Phil on one side, this other gentleman on the other. Uh, barkeep, um, three of the uh, of the strongest, and uh, he, the barkeep just comes, pulls, makes a couple of ales, throws them down in front of you. Uh, gold's exchanged. You're not. You see these flashes of like little coins that are about like this this big. Get kind of tossed to the barkeep. Um, you have gold, but it looks very different from this kind of gold. Like, yours is very, like, standard, like, somebody just made a circle out of a piece of gold. Mm-hmm. These are, look like they're almost stamped, or some sort of intricacies are carved into them. Uh, but gold's so, exchanged. Oh, go ahead. That's pretty cool. Uh, gold things. Yeah, um... Gold's gold's pretty cool. Um, I, I thankfully bet on you to win between you and me. Um, so so you made me some money tonight, um, and and I'm I'm treating you to this ale because, uh, well, fair is fair. It's an ale. Oh, it's a drink. Uh, yeah, it's the and he takes his tankard and fills like burner. It's the best. And, yeah, Phil, this is the best ale in, in, uh, in all of the Green Dragon. Andy. Mm-hmm. Oh. It is. Oh. The, it is, yeah, it is not the ale oh. that you thought that ale would taste like. Like, you're used it to... It smells a lot different mm-hmm. than it tastes going down my... Oh. Um, it's, yeah, um, yeah, they're... they're mm, we, yeah, sorry about that. Uh, it's a bit so, junky sometimes. It's very different where I'm come home from. <clears throat> where you come home? Where you come home from? I'm not good with words. Yeah, like a, Phil. Um, Phil just is like. Um, <laughs> uh, well, the man's like, so. 
What what's your name, friend? Who who are What's you? your name? My name is Bart. My name is Art. Your name's Art. Huh. Mm-hmm. Make a make a deception That's... make a deception <laughs> check with that one. With my eight charisma, it's gonna be go oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> is that another uh is that another dice jail one? Uh yeah, that dice is going by by now. <laughs> Uh, that's a three. How many? How many? Yeah. How many of these do you have? Uh, left? There are. There, I have one. <laughs> <laughs> you have one d twenty left. I love it. Um, and Bart, uh, or not Bart, um, Phil Bart? gets up and like so... kind of walks away, but Bart leans in close. I can tell you right now that your name isn't Art don't like people to know my name. You know, if you would have said that the first time, I would 100% have left it be at that. Mm. Thank you for at least acknowledging that you wish to remain mysterious. Mm-hmm. Sips the ale. <laughs> Sips the ale again, you're just like... Rrr. Um, why, why if... <laughs> why, why have you come here? Why have you traveled here? What business are you on? Just exploring mostly. Exploring. Not, yeah. I grew up out uh, in the woods with my family never got around much not a lie <laughs> the woods yeah you know trees those things are no one no one we we don't go near the the woods they're not bad they're a little pokey You know, it's actually a long night. I probably start, should walk home. Thank you for the weird fizzy drink. As she's gonna walk with the ale. You, you take the to ale, leave. and you begin to start leaving. Um, you leave the Green Dragon. You begin following like the main thoroughfare out of town. Mm -hmm. Out of town. Uh, and as you reach, kind of right at the edge of where the light of the town is hitting the uh, is hitting the darkness of night you hear behind you you're one of them aren't you one of who forest people the the sisters of the wood is that what they're called? She says that like in her normal voice. And you turn and you see um, Bart still behind you, um, but now you see in his eyes. His eyes were like a nice, like cool, like hazel. Mm -hmm. uh, but now there's this glint of gold coming from them. 
that is no. what they're called. And we're told that any who come from the wood should be buried back there. But the why would you put me in the ground? That doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Backing away. As you back away, it's more humane than the stake. And you watch as he goes like this with his hand, and a brief splash of kind of golden light emanates. I need you to make a dexterity saving throw. Yep. Okay. I can do that. I can do that. Because that wasn't bad. That's a 17. 17. You feel the ground underneath you begin to give way as this radiant light shoots up and you're managed, you manage to step back. Uh, you manage to step back as uh, it shoots up into the sky, almost connecting with the stars. Go ahead and roll initiative, please. I just realized this entire time I haven't had music going. Oh, no. It's fine. It happens. Well, my initiative is good. Oh, let me roll for this guy. Uh, I will say, as soon as that happens, she definitely just Dropped drops. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because she doesn't, she's not, yeah, she's panic. <laughs> Help! <laughs> Alright, what'd you get? That was a 19. My Umbra Oculus actually rolled good. It was a 17. I thought it got you. Alright, so you go first. Okay. Um, darn, it's been a long time since I've done anything. I'm trying to decide how defensive she's going to be or she's running. Because there's, how much uh, distance is between there's, me and There's about, like, 20-ish feet, give or take. Mm-hmm. 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 Okay. Okay. Um... He's gonna run. Uh, actually, uh, she's going to shillelagh, right? Yeah. Okay. Yep. I, I, bonus action, uh, cast shillelagh, so she grips her little, little club shillelagh that she made earlier, and it kind of gets little vine shoot, um, up it and grow more, like, thorny and bulky. Um, and she looks at him like she might hit him. And then she dips. She dips. And runs 30 feet. Runs 30 feet. Alright. He gives chase following you like pretty much now into the darkness um, just on the edge of his vision. Um, and he is going to use, instead of actually using cantrip because he can't see you because he's human, he's going to instead... Uh, pull out a sword, and as you d- does, you can hear the sound of like it unsheathing. The, and as he does, he lifts it up, and a star shoots down from the heavens, embedding itself into the blade as he casts light and illuminates the area in 30 feet of light. Oh, that's a pretty cool trick! You should probably try not to, to use that on me! Um... <laughs> Running. All right. He this time dashes, getting right up next to you. 
you can see now and you can hear now the shouts of uh, the shouts of other villagers starting to run toward this now lone beacon in the center of the fields that surround this village and as he begins to lift up the sword you can see in his eyes he doesn't necessarily want to do this there's a glimpse of almost fear it's a combination of like fear and sadness and as he begins to bring the sword down upon you and kind of turns his head away as he does there is a flash of pure white light as standing before you is this giant humanoid creature four arms two on either side extending down as he motions to the ground wings unfurled moth-like face and or face also moth-like but somewhat human with pure white antennas poking out You should have listened to your sister. Run along now. And as he backhands the boy, you hear one last, or Bart, you hear one last, like, uh, blood splatters, the sword falls to the ground, darkness. Yeah, Eden does not look back either. She's just looking down, just straight running back in the direction of and as you begin running into the darkness, the direction that you've came, you go to level three. Congratulations. Ooh. Yeah. Yay. We're also going to go to break in a second. But yeah, oh, cool. so you get your <laughs> saving throws as well yeah. as proficiencies in armor. Yay. Yeah, so you get proficiency with armor, saving throws. I think that's it. Yeah, because the tools and all of that were part mm -hmm. of the other one. But yeah, we're yeah. going to go on a quick, like, five-ish minute break, sit around, hang out. Thank you all for joining us, and we'll be back shortly. Thank you. <laughs>
back. Thank you, Renee, for um, for <laughs> messaging me. I just looked at those notifications to realize that you were messaging me about music. So there will be music that the rest of this one shot. There won't be in the beginning. I am sorry. Um, I turned it off. Oh, you wonder what I turned it off? I turned it off because I was I was doing the poem, and then I and then. I didn't turn it back on afterward. It's always something. Usually, it's usually it's uh, the odd, like my own voice or when I'm playing with people, their voices. But yeah, welcome back to the Ecrium Expeditions. Really quick, we're going to have a word from our sponsors. A word. Sponsors. I need to learn how to spell sponsors first. There we go. The Initiative Order, Umbral Oculus Dice, and Dragon Rock RPG. Uh, Dragon Rock RPG, amazing D&D and TTRPG content creators who do subclasses, races, uh, backgrounds, items, all that cool stuff. Monsters, they just did a monster with uh, Ronan the other day on his stream. Next, Umbral Oculus, the amazing Taryn Hackett, uh, who has crafted all of these amazing dice from Beyond the Veil. And then last but not least, the Initiative Order, who are amazing, amazing, amazing uh, content creators and players, dungeon masters, all of that good stuff. They are very uh, super, super inclusive and uh, just friendly all-around group of individuals to play tabletop games with. So if you haven't checked them out, please do so already. They have some community games coming up, as well as Far Realms featuring the wonderful little moth person to my, my right. And weirdly enough, there's moths in that too. And there's moth. There's lots of moths in that because, like, can you, can you sense a theme? Um, last but not least, um, if you like what you see, theming. if you want to, what? I said theming. Theming. Yes. Uh, if you know what, you should just like paint those black for for realms. Of it. There you go. Just keep painting back and forth for each game. Um, no, if you like what you see, if you want to support us in our endeavors, please feel free head to that Ko-Fi link and donate some money. It is out of the kindness of your heart. You don't get anything but our love and support and this amazing show for it. But we means a lot to us, and it will go toward making our stuff better and making our content better and me making the battle maps and minis and all that cool stuff better. Uh, it's going to go to improve everything, including my fate. No, I'm kidding. Uh, plastic I, I surgery. Need, I need plastic surgery. No, I'm kidding. Um, He's just going to show up with Botox next time. <laughs> yes. If we donate enough money, it's, oh, I have an idea. I can't say anything now. I have ideas already. Um, I have fundraiser ideas, but Ronan's already bald, so it can't be Ronan. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but let's dive back in to our adventures. Now I got the spoopy music that should have been playing the entire time on. Um, you are running through the darkness for what seems like days, months, years. As you're running with only the light of the stars to guide you, you see a beacon. A red, a pale red light high above, well not high, but up above you in the sky. She's gonna run towards it because that's got to be a sign in her mind yeah, somebody so is trying to talk to her you continue to run through the night 
getting closer and closer to this this light source on the very edge of your vision dawn begins to break and you can see before you a familiar vision a hill with a grouping of trees at the top and now full restored archway at the front of these trees around one of the uh, pillars that is next to this doorway. A vine of thorn, and at the top, a rose, illuminating and calling. She will approach. Is this, the, is this her rose, the Shemagar Lear? Is this what? Is this the one she made earlier? Or just a new one? As you approach and you extend your hand toward this this rose, the light begins to dim. Not in a bad way, but like in a in a, a way of remembrance and as you touch it, this is indeed the rose that you drew or crafted the night or the the evening before. This place looks a little no offense, but this place looks a little better, little voice person. Thank you. Where are you? Come inside, and we'll talk. Are you gonna try to stab me with the sword? Because last time I went into places, that's kind of what happened. It's probably because I beat somebody at this game. There are no swords in this home. Okay. That's the promise. If you lie, then bad stuff. That's what they told me when she walks in. (laughs) As you walk in, you can hear a small... Like, kind of as you're beginning to step through the threshold. You look around, and before you, you see an atrium filled with sculptures. These sculptures of are, are, are of creatures that you've read in some of your sister's tomes, of satyrs, and, or fawn, as some would call them dancing and frolicking about beginning to make their way uh, their merry way through the atrium into what looks to be the chamber in which the pool had rested she will like continue to walk and she's like making out every detail as much as she can as she is kind of proceeding through the art on the walls like so there's statues and then there's also like deco style uh, art on the wall the walls um, the art is of various elven like creatures um, most of them looking um, like what you would recognize as Eladrin so elves of the seasons um, some of them looking uh, more regal uh, than others but these are all very uh bright and lively colored there aren't many that are um, you see maybe one or two that are more of the autumny shades but these are mostly spring and summery 
colors as you enter into where you had once seen the fountain. The swan is gone, and in its place... Oh, go ahead. Uh, I'm in the blanket. You again hear the... And you begin looking around. But in the place of where the swan was, standing, or sitting, like, on a small, like, dais in the center of this fountain, is a very intricate, uh, intricately painted, like, vase. Maybe about, like, yay big, but, like, yay big, give or take. Mm-hmm. The rose, or the lilies floating around this, uh, this dais in the center of the, uh, oh my god, fountain, um, your lily still among them. That's probably a good sign. Um, you said you wanted to talk after the people. Did you know that the people were that mean? You look around and again you hear the thum, thum. And coming from up and around you and flying over your head, you see a swan. Um, larger than what would normally, oh. like what the normal you would normally see, and it flies right over your head, barely skimming the top of your antennae before it splashes and dives into the fountain, kind of curling around the pedestal. And as it, the waves kind of come around the pedestal, uh, standing up and out of the water, you see a woman with blonde hair, dressed and adorned in a white uh, in white gowns and linens, kind of like you, how it like wraps around your um, your elbows and like your shoulders and stuff. Um, on her around her neck, a necklace of diamonds and pearls. Um, man. man. Oh. Hi. And she smiles and face, fe, fe, facial features are a little bit more human than, than Elvish. Um, hello, child. Uh, so to answer your question, mankind is, is, is a lot like the water. I'm afraid of the water. In some respects, the water is afraid of you. For instance, and she... Go ahead and make a dexterity saving throw real quick. Dear God. A five. A Six. five. She splashes you with water. As I... go, And she makes sure to keep it on the lower half. From the neck down. Uh, <laughs> the water fears being moved. It fears change. But with change, and you watch, is like, the water, the only time the water moves or even ripples is when she splashed you, and the second that her hand came up and out of the water, the water got surprisingly still. And she takes her finger and pricks, like, pricks the water again to give it a ripple effect. The water moves to your will. But the water also seeks balance. So people need balance. 
things in this world have balance. Mankind has balance in weirder ways than some of us do. It is in their nature. They only I'm live. Go ahead. It's balanced, and she stands on one foot. <laughs> I can see that. <laughs> but what I mean isn't balance here, and she points to your, your foot, but balance here, and she points to her heart, and balance here. The short lives of men make them impulsive, make them fear change, and make them, just like my hand through the water, wish to exert change on the world around them. It is not our place to interfere with that, yet teach them that there is also good in this world, even with change. So, they think everything's bad? What's wrong with them? Have they not looked outside and, like, seen all of the... People are weird. This, my dear, is not Ekrium. Hmm? The men you saw at that village were not normal mortals. I don't understand. She scoops up some of the water in her hands. Your sisters... Your... friend... are not who they seem to be. This place is not of the same natural world that you were born from, that I was born from, that the gods had created. It's what something is it? different. It's a bridge of sorts. But I've always been here. You have. I don't How did... How did I get here? I don't... Is, is it... I don't... What do you... She's like getting flustered and kind of question Make everything. a Make a perception check real quick. That... Is a 19. A 19. As you're starting to become flustered and, like, freaking out a little, playing with your hair, playing with your antennas, like, playing with your mm-hmm. things, like, yeah. all, all, all of the stimming, um, you look down at the pool and you notice that the water in the pool is starting to turn from the clear that it was and be starting, starting to become brackish brown. The lilies, all except yours, are beginning to wilt and die. The water is slowly creeping closer toward this entity in the center of the pool with her hands holded out with a small bit of water still in them. What is... 
was and she's Eden's gonna kind of quickly try to approach because she's thinking something bad is happening to the pretty lady. We, he, he, they, they know I'm here. We don't have well, much time. And again, she takes some of the water, the water that she has in her hands, and she turns to the the vase behind her and she dumps it in and picks it up. If I recall correctly, you wished fate to bring you your own cauldron. (laughs) Let this serve as yours. And let the teachings of your sisters guide you in your actions wherever this life takes you. And the water begin. The water now is at the point where it's starting to touch the bottoms of her uh, her dress, and the the dark the dark color is now starting to make its way up. And as it does, you watch as vines of thorn are starting to twist around this woman. No. The no. thorns poking in, staining her dress, with not only the darkness of the water, the brackish, the color of the water, but of blood. Stop. Don't, she's, she's friend, like, but I thought you said they were lying. As the vines begin to make their way up shoulder length uh, and around the face, you are not a daughter of autumn or of winter like the rest. You are a daughter of spring. And then the whole form, now in this thorny cocoon, sinks into the mud of the pool. Oh. She'll take the vase, and she's like looking at it and kind of slushing the water around. Yeah, so as you take it, um, if there was a color that Eden was most attuned to, what would it be? I mean, it's it's pretty obvious, but (laughs) yeah, it would be it would be like a yeah, like a pale rosy pink color would probably one that would make her feel safest. So you watch as you begin to hold this vase. And you've seen similar things happen to Belladonna's cauldron, how it turns that like greenish color. You watch as it begins to bubble and roil as your cauldron now begins to fill up with this water, but it takes on a similar hue to you. Oh, thank you, pretty lady. This probably dead now. Oh. She's gonna kind of step away and like sit down for a second. How do I get out of wherever here is though if they know that she was here and I don't understand because then I'm supposed to listen. Okay. <clears throat> um, and she's gonna like 
be talking to herself and getting up and kind of like the room does it look dilapidated and ruined again um as you begin to step up and and begin to look around now not focusing on your vase yes it looks like the same this time though the swan statue when its head was bowed the head is now broken off and laying in the pool which is now empty Mom didn't have to do that. Okay. Well, sorry. Just tried to make it pretty. And she's gonna start walking away back towards home. You start walking, turning as you leave the grove to look upon the small pillar where you had left your mark the night before. Still there, a rose of remembrance. You trek back home, this time in a less enthusiastic pace than you did the day before. The sun's beginning to set when you finally reach your cottage. Strap my face to the side and open the door. I'm home. Belladonna sitting at her cauldron. Welcome home, dear. Uh, is there... That wasn't Belladonna's voice. Uh, is... How was your journey? It was... weird. I played a game with this person that had fur on their face and then they got mad and drank this really nasty drink that they bought me and then they didn't like that and they tried to stab me with a sword and and he came came and saved you didn't he as hemlock who's been kind of like lingering by the doorway to the bedroom starts to step full into the chamber he did. He's always really nice, but I didn't know that... He doesn't let you learn. I, I won't do it again. No, you won't. Uh, of course you won't, because if you do, then he will be there to save you yet again, and again, and again. If only, if only it wasn't you and it was me and and he, she like stops and begins to um kind of just ponder and like kind of tick a little I wasn't I, it's okay I'm and here to learn we're no. all we're all here to learn we're all here to learn um, I see. You have, uh, you found your fate. Yeah, I found it in this, on this fountain thing, but I like it, and I can carry it around, and look, it, it kind of, I, it feels like me. And she picks it up and takes a look at it, and her face smiling as she kind of takes it from you quickly turns into concern you you 
you said you said you got this from 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 a fountain. Mm-hmm. What? There was a there was a there was a swan on it. And, and you, it you hear calling from the bedroom. A swan is ill omens. Especially in these parts, as Wisteria starts to make her way out. Ladies, we all know what swans mean. And this time, her form, usually more, like, kind of humanoid and calm, is now starting to change her skin, which was a pale green, turning more into an olive. Her eyes starting to bulge with, like, black veins coming out of the sides. It is time to begin again. It is time to restart. Come, child, it's time to go to bed. It's What's time to sleep. What was your... You look... Okay. Nothing, nothing, dear. Come. And she reaches out her hand, and as she's starting to reach out her hand, it's almost as if Belladonna and Hemlock, like shift to either side and you can see the same type of metamorphosis start to happen to them. What's happening? Wait a minute. What's going on? And they all start to speak kind of in unison. Come, child. It's time to go to sleep. It's time to dream. You like to dream, yes? I don't want to dream again. I stay there for too long. You don't let me wake up. You are up, my dear. You must learn. It's getting late. And they start, they take a step forward toward you. She takes a step back. But why are you being so... I'll go, to... I'll go to bed. And she tries to dip to the room. <laughs> As you try to dip to the room, they open up and allow you to go in. Night falls. Right. Yep. The three of you, uh, four of you, each in your respective beds, begin to fall asleep. Or at least go to bed. Is there anything you would like to do? Are they asleep? <laughs> Are they asleep? Roll a perception check for me. Remember, you still have two D4s. I would like to use a D4, but it's not going to help. Would you like to use the Can light? I use both of them? Would you? <laughs> um, roll a deception check against the DM? No. No. All right. You, uh, it's, you, it's not going to help. Would you like? Uh, it's a three on the die. Okay. <laughs> um, would you like the left or the right? Not left. The, left? All right. That would add two. That's a six. Okay. They sound asleep. Wisteria's tree is closed. Uh, Hemlock has her little, like, eye thing on, and, like, her little mud mask routine, and Belladonna is snoring rather obnoxiously. I will try to sneak out of the house onto the porch, and I'm gonna sit outside as my goal. 
Go ahead and roll. They scared me. Do they look haggy? Right now? Um, <laughs> like, no, do they, they look freaky? When you, the second you went into the room, they returned back to their normal selves. Okay, so I've just witnessed weird shapes. Go ahead okay. and make a stealth check for me. Mm-hmm. That I'm good at. Uh, except for when it does that. Damn it. Can I have advantage? <laughs> uh, that's, a, uh, that's a five. That's a five. You're back in dice jail, you little... Mm. You start to head out. And you hear... The snoring and the breathing. And you're looking back at the doorway to the bedroom to make sure they aren't... No one's waking up. And you run into... Belladonna's cauldron. It begins to teeter and fall off. You stub your toe, and it begins to teeter and start to tilt off the fireplace. Go ahead and give me a strength saving throw. Aha! That's a 17. A 17. I'm strong, you guys. You manage to grab it and steady it with very minimal, like, like a little grunt. Mm -hmm. You turn around. They still seem to be asleep. Onto the outside. <laughs> Give me one more stealth check. Mm-hmm. 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 It's an eight. Would you like to use the D4? Four. Uh-huh. That's a four. Okay, that's there a twelve. So that's a twelve. This time as you go, you slide open the door. The door is as quiet as can be. And as you turn to leave, pack in one hand. Voss on the other, Voss on like your hip and like holding it in the other. You're running out of hands to like carry things. It's like you're jumbling, and you let the door slip away from your toe, and it like it doesn't slam, but it just makes the like mm-hmm. just the very like like the little latch closing, and you bolt, you run, you run okay. into the forest where you started this journey. Go ahead and make a wisdom saving throw. With advantage. Um, that is a 19. A 19. You run, and the forest, dead and dying around you, the thorns starting to get closer and closer to the point that they're scratching you. You wake up. Cold. Alone crawling your way out of this bramble. You look up a tower of thorn and rose in front of you. Does this ring any bells? I should start to remember some stuff. Or is this just alien? You remember the feeling of sadness, the anguish of loss. You feel yourself being pulled here, but now all you feel is fear. And in the distance, you can hear the steady thump, thump, sound you've recognized. A sound that has saved you before, but now a sound that has filled you with nothing 
but dread. Please don't read. Please don't work. Please don't work. I'm waiting for it. Renee redeemed a dragon roar. <laughs> and I'm trying to see if it'll work. I'm waiting. Okay, it didn't work. Thank God. Cool. I turned it off. I turned it off. <laughs> Thank God. <sighs> I was like, I was like, I could have sworn I took off the sound alerts, but I was. And watch, it's gonna scare the shit out of me. I'm like two seconds now. Uh, it's gonna be super late. Um, no, I took, I turned them off specifically for Ekra because I don't want dragon roars and a bunch of stupid Star Wars cantina noises in the middle of a damn. <laughs> anyway, you now the sounds of the beating wings. Of your savior, your friend, fill you with fear and dread. Uh, she will stand up. Does she have any of stuff with? Oh, she doesn't have stuff. She's just gonna get up, realizing that her legs are not used to moving. You get up and begin to stumble, and then eventually you find your feet. If not, the experience of the years that you have been within this realm that was not the lands of Ekarim that you thought they were. You go through the briar, the thorn, riddled with mold and mildew, ash, blood, soaked. The wings beating at your back constantly, the entire time. And then the thorns give way. This briar gives way. you are in a forest of green tree of you and Willow half submerged in the world around it. You turn and within the bramble and thorns behind you you see a figure an elf striding, long, flowing silver hair, a, a robe of black, of black, and, like, almost black with, like, the, the weird, like, dead coat, like, dead leafy texture to it, not camo, but, like, different colors mm -hmm. of blacks and grays and a little bit of browns, but not, like, a ton of browns. A pack in one hand, a vase in the other. He sets them arms extended barely breaking enough to kind of hang them on the thorns that are on the outside of the bramble but not make his arms extend out of it I understand why you wish to go but one day you will need to come back I'm sorry and his hand kind of extends to, like, brush your cheek, but obviously you're too far, and something's holding this entity back from the outside, the world that you're currently in. Don't be sorry. You're curious. I should have known that I couldn't keep you in there forever. Thank you. Thank you. 
she'll walk forward to pick up her stuff and kind of like <laughs> reach to kind of touch. Just As like you reach to kind of touch, a white rose begins to bloom off of one of the uh, the vines nearby, and when it opens, it reveals a familiar moth. Finger out. <laughs> it crawls up your uh, up your hand, and when it gets to your shoulder and it starts to go around your neck, you can feel it start to shift and change. And it turns into a small furry creature as it sits on your shoulder. I will be Scritches. with Scritches. <laughs> I will be with you always. I am never far, even when I am. <laughs> grabs this stuff and she kind of takes like a couple steps like backing away and then turns and just like runs barefooted and all you run barefooted kind of cold kind of yep. confused and afraid out of these woods into the world beyond your feet taking you far and wide across Ecrium during your travels until you continue far, far south through the marshes and swamplands. Unfamiliar to many, but somewhat familiar to you and feels like home. Until you get to the ruins of an ancient city. The ruins of an ancient city that now hold the remain what remains of the ramshackled people of this little peninsula. And you find yourself heading toward a familiar sight. A sign hanging above a door. As you step into the shittiest, dirtiest, grimiest, insert random word here, tavern in all of Cantor and where you will begin your journey in September. Also, we skipped level four, so you're also tier four. Hey, cool. <laughs> what did you I win? Got, I got uh, I got a feat. I got uh, I got Fey touched. Fey touched. Uh, awesome. Which uh, just for fun sees, uh, I will be taking. Obviously, it's Misty step, but I'm taking Dissonant Whispers because all the spoopy. All the spoopy. I love it. I love it. That's awesome. And then you get you're taking plus one in what wisdom, I imagine. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, that 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 eight is sticking around in charisma, though. <laughs> that eight is sticking around in charisma. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So. All right. Well, thank you all for joining us. Thank you, Taryn, for an amazing <laughs> one shot. Thank you all for joining to the Briar and then the Grove with us. Well, the Grove and then the Briar. Grove and then the Briar with us. Um, yeah. Shit. I don't know where to go from there. It was fun. Uh, We're going to raid somebody, so, so stay fun. around for like two seconds as Logan figures out who they're going to raid. 
Um, you know what? You know who we're gonna read? Uh, or who, you know who we're gonna read? We're gonna read my good friend, um, Coral. Oh my gosh, I forgot. I forgot her I name. I was gonna uh, say, yeah, yeah Coral, Coral is here. Like, Coral is here. Queer Adventure Time. Yeah, and I said read because like RuPaul, they like read each. I, yeah, it's it was intentional, guys. I was looking at. We should go Coral. see Coral because yes, Coral's a lot of fun. Coral's a lot of fun. She's just chatting, but like, let's go give her some love and like brighten up her day so we're gonna start the raid y'all have fun y'all have a great day oh next one is on tuesday where renee and brie Brie, aka utahime will be doing their commodore one shot so yeah stay tuned tuesday 8 p.m awesome bye guys love you